1: the more you focus on it, the more you can build that sense of connection and intuition because we're so disconnected from our bodies and we're so you know, connected to technology and the phone and social media that this is your chance to just see what might come up
2: when you actually just pay attention to yourself. The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Imagine if the power to change your life lay within your own body. Breathwork is such a powerful tool and it's gaining more and more recognition in today's society. Today I have an expert on the show, Becca Gillen. She is here to talk about the power of breathwork and how it can completely alter your life. She is a CBT practitioner, a health and wellness coach, and used to be a neonatal intensive care nurse. She's a breathwork facilitator and a heart rate training specialist. Welcome to the show, Becca. We are so excited to have you here. How is life in Bali? Good. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. So, just for a little bit of context, Becca and I met in Bali. So, I actually went and underdid. Underdid. I went and undertook a breathwork (laughs) workshop. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Becca. When I went there, I really didn't know what to expect. I had done breathwork before, but even when I do a class with other people, I'm not sure if you have this as well. I feel quite picky about instructors. So I used to actually run a fitness Mm -hmm. um, business. I used to run a dance studio and instructing classes and running different types of of workshops is really tricky. So I feel when you're an instructor or a teacher of some sort, you can sometimes be a little bit judgmental. But when I did your class, I left being wowed. I was so impressed with the way you conducted the class, the way you answered questions, the overall experience. So Yeah, I just want to tell you the experience was amazing. Oh, thank you so much. And I
1: think it's hard. And actually, it was a little bit, I would say, intimidating for me also, because my audience would mostly be Irish. So when you're connecting with people from across the globe obviously Bali is my home but I'm originally from Ireland and then people are coming over from Australia but they're not people that know me already they you know it's kind of like oh I hope (laughs) they like this I hope they like me but I can only obviously do my best and just deliver what I know I'm good at and what I think people people will enjoy and you know we had a little bit of break the ice at the start which was which was good you know where are you from um what do you you know like just a little bit of chit chat which really helps soften everything up um and also breathwork in itself can be intimidating especially if people aren't for their first timers. So, as soon as I met you guys at the front reception, I was like, oh, these like, this is perfect. They're, they're lovely, chatty, and they're here to learn, and I'm here to teach.
2: So, it was perfect. Yes, amazing. And just tell us a little bit about your background because I love your accent. Obviously, you're <laughs> Irish. How did you end up living in Bali? Because that's the dream. Everyone I know wants to live in Bali. It's such an amazing place. So, how did you? get to this point where you're teaching breathwork classes?
1: I think I always knew that Ireland wasn't really for me and I wanted to live a little bit of a different life and I tried living at home in Ireland. I tried to follow the kind of, let's say, traditional path and it just wasn't for me. I ended up being unhappy or miserable trying to fulfill, let's say, other people's Dream rather than than mine or other people's expectations of how I would live my life. So, um, I ended up going to London, doing nursing there, and it, it, I was working in intensive care, and it was really, really hard and stressful. Mm-hmm. And I just found that I was working in healthcare. I was just so stressed myself, and working night shifts, and found it really my my quality of life was being impacted by trying to help others which is really really sad mm. but I just was like I cannot I cannot continue is this you know is is this it do I just feel burnt out all the time am I ever going to have weekends off will I ever have normal working hours because obviously it impacts your health physical and you know psychological when you're working night shifts and not having we week- some weekends really so um I Took a little bit of a break and came on holidays to Bali. And after one night, I was, I think, just coming from London and being surrounded by greenery Mm. and peace and serenity and kindness and nature, which was so opposite of what I had been surrounded by for the previous few years. Mm. I was thinking, okay, I don't care what I have to do or how I have to do it. I'm moving out here. Yeah. So um I ended up quitting nursing. I went back to Ireland for a little bit, um, ended up doing personal training, coaching. So I still felt I was helping people just in a different way. And then just kind of saved up um to move out here for a year or so. And took me a while, took me probably 18 months I worked a lot to save up to move out here, thinking, okay, I'll come for a year. Mm. And then I realized I was actually able to work online while I was out here. So then I didn't have to kind of spend all the money I had saved. I could keep working. And obviously the cost of living back then was a lot less. Yeah. So um, that's what I did. I ended up moving out here and then was only working in the digital space, online coaching. And then after COVID, I really missed or during COVID, I really missed working with people. I missed seeing people. I found it very isolating. Also my business online, because all the gyms were closed in Ireland, you know, it's not a a booming business during COVID because everything is closed. So um, I started doing more um, mindset-based stuff with clients, um, CBT-based coaching and Kind of thought, okay, maybe I will go back working in the physical space. Um, I've been in Bali for four years. You know, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Maybe I should set something up out here. Um, and I guess I got into breath work because I suffered badly with long COVID. And my normal routine was kind of turned upside down because I didn't have the energy to exercise, you know, record video tutorials, record exercises for my, let's say, personal training business. So I kind of had to figure out a new way to energize myself and to try and help my nervous system because it was so I was struggling really bad with fatigue and breathing. So I don't know who recommended it or how I got into it. But once I got into it, I realized that that hour even if it was just for an hour, once or twice a week of breathing, by the time you get into that deep meditative state, you know, it was a real break for my nervous system. And even if my body was stressed with fatigue and stuff outside of that one hour, at least I was having that time for myself to heal, relax, um, and take a break. So that's kind of how I got into breath work, And then, wow, you know, a lot of, People's stories, especially coaches, is that they try something for themselves and realise how beneficial it is, and it's like, okay, well, I need to pass this on. So that's kind of how I got into it, and I started merging it with ice bath stuff as well. And I kind of decided to do my own self, I would say, research study, Um, because when I was struggling with fatigue and long COVID, my heart rate was just like double, like what wow. it norm- normally would be at rest. And every time I went to go and do breath work with people, whether it was one-to-one or in person, I was trying to think, you know, okay, this is helping, but I've also got a very skeptical and logical brain. And anytime I asked why, what, like, how is this working? And what is it doing? And I could never get an answer. So even though I knew it was helping, nobody was able to explain why it was helping what
2: was and it helping so, you with what it was it doing?
1: it was helping me relax I could see cha- changes in my heart rate so I'd wear the heart rate monitor during the breath work basically I was trying to prove somebody wrong actually <laughs> rather than right <laughs> so because I was so skeptical and I'm not super super spiritual but obviously I'm living in Bali it's a very spiritual place so I'm thinking, okay, I better I better dip my toe in and try and see what everyone's talking about. So I started wearing the heart rate monitor during the breath work and I saw the huge change in how much um, lower my heart rate would be during it and also for a little bit after. So, you know, your heart rate is an indicator of your, your stress levels and your internal state. So if I am getting my heart rate to reduce a good bit during breath work and after, then it's helping my nervous system. And so I started just kind of doing this project on myself. Um, same with ice baths. And I saw, okay, these two things together are helping me. And bit by bit, then my energy was starting to come back. And, you know, I I figured out that I was getting less stressed the more that I did it and obviously with with covid and stuff your breathing it well not everybody but my actual breathing was affected it was very shallow and it was very quick and so by focusing on deeper breaths even if it was just during the breathwork sessions that's going to help my my lung capacity and really help with gas exchange in my lungs even if it's just once or twice a week so mm-hmm you know, I never went in with the intention of figuring all that stuff out. I just wanted answers to things people weren't able to give me answers to. So I
2: just kind of figured it out by chance. Yes, fair enough. And I loved that aspect about your breathwork class. So when we went in, Becca gave us all heart rate monitors. And it was very cool. It's like, Ooh, what's this new method? Yeah. So the BPM <laughs> method, is this actually your own method You've created like is this your yeah. business? Wow! Yeah. Tell me about it. So everything that I do uses the
1: heart rate monitors, and that's just basically to prove to people and show people that if you actually just focus on these practices, it really helps. And the main thing that I want people to learn about is stress and how to adapt to stress and how to pull yourself out of stress or de stress when you need to, because we're obviously always going to be faced with stressors. But if you can teach your body how to adapt to stressors in different ways, you know, the, the, let's say, most optimal human is when you can adapt, when you've got that adaptability, then you're going to be able to face, let's say, anything that life throws at you. So with BPM method, it's heart rate training workouts, so conditioning workouts, breathwork and deliberate heat or cold exposure. So sauna and ice baths, usually sometimes steam room. And what I'm doing there is getting people to wear a heart rate monitor during their training, during high intensity conditioning, showing people, okay, you can push yourself hard, let's say on the assault bike when we're doing sprints or any sort of um, high intensity workout that I that I give people, it's about pushing yourself, but knowing how to recover as well. So Mm -hmm. I incorporate breathing with the workouts so that people can push really hard on each station or during that exercise, but that they can recover and drop their heart heart rate in their rest period so that they can go high stress, low stress. So you're teaching your body, okay, I can do this. I can push hard. My heart rate will be high when I'm on the assault bike or the rower or the ski erg. And then when I've got this rest period for 20, 30 seconds, I'm focusing on my breathing and that will help reduce your heart rate, which brings your stress levels down. And so you're fluctuating high stress, low stress, and building up that um, adaptability, building up your tolerance to carbon dioxide, lactic acid, building up your fitness levels. And it's kind of the same with the breath work. When we do breath work, you're going into a hyperventilation state, which actually pushes their heart rate up. And by the end of the breath work session, because the influence of your breath on your nervous system, your heart rate is actually a lot lower. So by the end of a breath work session, people will normally be at 40s, definitely 50s, under 60, definitely, because the power of your breath by... Um, the techniques that we're using is pushing you into that parasympathetic state where you're extremely relaxed. And then with the ice bath, it's the same again. Initially, when you go into the cold or cold shower or whatever it is, your body reacts because it's stressful and it triggers fight or flight mode. But if you use your breath, um, you know, a specific breathing technique, you can overcome that stressor and you can actually Push yourself into parasympathetic mode again, which again will have an influence, and you'll see that in a reduced heart rate. So, in all of those three practices, you're going high and then using your breath to come back to um, a lower heart rate. So, you're pushing yourself to purposely be in a stressful state and using a tool to bring yourself back. To regulate your nervous system. So that's what it is. And that's why I use the heart rate monitors because you can actually see and mm-hmm. the data is there. And people find that really cool and yeah. interesting. But also it's it's proof that, you know, people can find it hard to get into these sorts of practices, yoga, any form of exercise, any form of breath work or meditation, and definitely ice baths You know, you need a reason to be going in. You need the reward mm-hmm. and Seeing it with your heart rate and seeing the data and learning that, oh, actually, I can stay longer than a minute in the ice bath if I just learn how to control my breath. That's the motivating bit because they want to do it again and they want to improve even more. So no matter what you're doing, whether it's the fitness bit or the breath work and the the ice baths bit, you're
2: seeing progress. And that in itself is is motivating. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big fan of what we measure, we can manage. So I think yeah. having data to actually see my heart rate is changing because especially during a, a breathwork experience, you can be very sort of self-critical. Am I doing it right? It's not working. Mm-hmm. Is this the right way for me? So I love that you use the heart rate monitors and you you email the data and be like, this is, yeah. your, this is your journey. I just absolutely yeah. thought that was such a well rounded approach to breath work. But maybe for people who've never heard of it before, what is breath work and why do it? Like we all know about breathing and box breathing and slow your breathing, but what is it that you do or breath work that can help people? I think
1: with the breath work that I mostly do out here or the breath work that you did with me, that's all about giving yourself an hour or so to completely go inward I would say is the main thing so mm. there's lots of different terms or names for the sort of breathwork that we did there's transformational breathwork trauma release breathwork emotional release breathwork um those are some of the terms you might hear but I don't really use those terms because mm. you never really know what you're going to get with your breathwork journey and you also don't want a a beginner or someone that's never tried breathwork before to read something like trauma release breathwork and be scared. I feel
2: like that's really intense and it's scary. I think breathwork can be scary because people talk about, you know, they go on a trip or they get an outside of body experience and all these really extreme feelings. And I think it can put people off.
1: Yeah. And I think what's really important is I know that you said after the session or I think you did a reel or a story saying that you liked how I explained at the start what to expect. And I feel that that's really important because if I was a beginner going and I was before a beginner going to a breathwork session, like I said, I asked a lot of questions and I didn't get the answers. And then I'm thinking, what's going to happen to me in this session because I've seen so many crazy videos where people do have these really profound reactions and they do but usually not in the very first one because yes. you're you know you're too in your head you're trying to focus yes. on the technique so really it's just about using your breath to go on um a, a journey or and. I guess I guess to just explore, because with the type of breathing that we're doing, it's hyperventilation style breath work for the majority of the session. And by going into that state, we're changing the gases in our blood, we're changing our pH, where we are completely resetting our nervous system, but we're also accessing our subconscious. And that's really important because we want to see what's in there, because we're always in a conscious state that you don't know what your body or your brain might want to tell you that you're not aware of. And so there's so many different elements to this style of breathwork. You can just use it to completely take a time out because you are altering your physiology. So it's not like meditation where it's just a mindful practice. It is a mindful practice and it is for growth and personal development, but you're actually changing your physiology. So if you continue with that breathing, even if you're an overthinker or you're anxious, eventually the breath will take over and you'll get into this very, very deep, relaxed state. And sometimes people describe, you know, them separating from their body a bit. Some people describe it like they're floating. Some people get colors or memories or they have some visuals. It's it's hard. You can't predict what someone is going to experience. But I remember saying at the start of the session, your worst case scenario is that you're going to be extremely relaxed by the end of it. (laughs) So by doing that, That specific type of breath is hyperventilation style breathing, where we are altering the pH of our blood, accessing our subconscious, releasing trapped emotions is a big one. And I think for me, I wouldn't be hugely a hugely emotional person. And sometimes you can go into a session thinking, well, I'm not emotional, mm-hmm. and you just do the breath and something comes out in laughter or there's tears or you might have a big emotional release in crying, and you might not necessarily know what it was about, but it's something that your body needed to release. and sometimes you might go in feeling emotional and you'll have the opposite effect where you just feel really, really good and positive and you know, really positive energy flowing through your body. So really, it's just about using the breath to manipulate and transform energy in the body whatever your body might need at that time and again feeling super super relaxed and de-stressed by the end of it so I think that's the easiest way to explain it so that people aren't afraid of it Mm. and the huge huge hugely important thing is that you're always in control of your breath. Mm. I'm just there to guide and facilitate. But I will always tell people if you feel like this is getting too intense, if you wanted to take a break, just slow down and relax because you need to feel in control. And the more that you feel in control with your breath, the more trust you build up and then you're willing to go a little bit deeper because you can remind yourself, okay, yeah, I'm in control of this. No, this is feeling a little bit intense. Let me take a break for a minute and then you can go kind of dive back in again. So it's you're always in control of the breath and you kind of just the more you focus on it, the more you can build that sense of connection and intuition because we're so disconnected from our bodies and we're so you know, connected to technology and the phone and social media, that this is your chance to just see what might come up when you actually just pay attention to yourself.
2: A hundred percent. And even when I remember it, I remember thinking, I need to do this more. I always say, oh, I need to do breath work. Or I should do breath work. But in the real reality of life, to take an hour out, even an hour a week, just breathe yeah. It sounds so selfish. It sounds so extreme. Is this something people can do on their own or do they need to go to a class to do it?
1: With that style of breath work with the hyperventilation style, just from a safety perspective, because you can go into such a, let's say, um, deep meditative state and you're accessing, you know, your altered state of consciousness, that style of breath work, I would not recommend doing it on your own. (laughs) It's not safe. (laughs) Um, But there is lots of breathing techniques that you can do. Like that's just one style of breath work. And that's pretty long. That session is, you know, 90 minutes. But there's so many things that we can do with our breathing to help us that might only take three to five minutes, even less in the morning. So I would do, and obviously everybody doesn't have Every single morning or evening to do some breathing. Yes. We can use breathing to wake us up. We can, can you use teach us one now. Can we do like a morning? Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's think. I'll probably think of let's do fire breathing or breath of fire, or mm. sometimes it's called coffee breathing. You, it's it is a pretty common one. Um, this sort of breath is to wake you up and energize the body and create heat in your body. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing it if you're pregnant or if you have, uh, very severe anxiety, just because we are kind of basically triggering that sympathetic mode. Um, but all you're doing is breathing sharply out the nose. So the, the emphasis is on the exhale and you're using your diaphragm to push the breath out your nose, basically. So it kind of sounds like this, you keep your mouth closed and you're, forcefully exhaling out through the nose and then the inhale happens um naturally so it sounds like this so you're contracting your diaphragm with a forceful exhale yeah and you can put your hand on your belly and you should feel you know your belly coming in and out um so but even just taking a couple of minutes in the morning to actually take full Deep breaths is really important. So, without even focusing on something like a technique like that, most of the time we're going around in an automatically stressed state. And the effect that the stress, a stress state has on us, one of the first ones is our breathing is affected. And that doesn't mean that you are struggling with your breathing walking around, but it means that you're not taking full breaths, Mm -hmm. you're not taking deep breaths, and you're not taking, you're not breathing, your breathing is shallow, even just by walking around. And that's not efficient breathing. So we're most of the time we're not even getting the breath or the oxygen or the gas exchange is not going all the way down into the base of our lungs because we're breathing from the upper chest because we're a little bit stressed. So When we're a little bit stressed, the breath mostly comes from the upper chest. You're breathing from the shoulders a little bit. And so you're not getting the breath all the way down into the base of your lungs. And we're not using our diaphragm. So even just slowing down your breathing, taking one or two minutes to actually breathe in through your nose. People might not even know that they're breathing through their mouth. You're breathing slow and you're breathing deep. So even if you can just take one minute, even 60 seconds to breathe slow in through your nose. Bring that breath all the way down into your belly and then expand your ribs. It's quite hard because you're not used to doing it. Am I exhaling through the nose or the mouth? You can exhale through the mouth if you want. Try it there first. Breathe through your nose. Think about breathing from your belly button and then expand your ribs. So you want to bring the breath from your belly button. Up rather than the other way around, breathing only through the chest. So it's quite hard to take a deep breath in through the nose, down into your belly, and then expand your rib cage so that you're filling up your lungs. It's quite hard. We're not used to doing that. So even just practicing that would be huge because by taking a fuller breath, bringing it all the way down into your belly, that actually slows the breathing rate per minute because you have to you're taking in more volume and by slowing the respiratory rate that slows our heart rate and that improves our heart rate variability it de-stresses us we're getting more oxygen in and the gas exchange is improved so that will help you concentrate more it'll help you focus more there's so many benefits it'll help you slow down a little bit it'll help you get out of your head because if you're focusing on your breathing you're not thinking about the washing you're not thinking about you know what you've got to do at work if you just take these 60 seconds okay gotta breathe in through my nose down into my belly then fill up you know expand my ribs a little and then breathe out slowly 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 if you're just focusing on the breath you're not in your mind, you're not in your head. Yes. So it's a mindful practice, but also you're focusing on improving your oxygenation, focusing on relaxing your nervous system, even if it's just for 60 seconds in the morning. Exactly. Um, that would be hugely beneficial. And that's something that people can do on a daily basis. Or you can do that one before you go to bed. Really good for relaxing before you go to bed. If you focus on um slowing the breath down mm-hmm. and taking in fuller, deeper breaths before bed, it will help you. help push you into that parasympathetic state before you try
2: to go to sleep and get out of your head. It's like a reset. And I love that you emphasized doing it in the morning because when my, sometimes my alarm goes off and it really scares me and my yeah. heart rate. And I'm like, ah, I really just consciously before I even get out of bed, just take some deep breaths, even yeah. before you look at your phone, before you get up, just take three deep breaths because I really am a big believer that your morning sets the tone of the day. And if 100%. you start off looking at your phone, looking at emails, you're increasing your cortisol, it's just not yeah. a way to start. So I love that idea of just taking deep, intentional breaths into your belly, mm-hmm. through your nose, out through your mouth for six, 60 seconds. Who doesn't have that? Yeah.
1: And just trying to slow it down because on our inhale, if we do it quickly, if you do the inhale quickly and deep like that's actually keeping our sympathetic mode going so our fight or flight mode because your inhale is connected to your fight or flight mode and your exhale is connected to your rest or digest mode so if you're taking you know three deep breaths like you say you want to slow them down as well bring the air wow. in as- slow and deep and down into the belly. Like that is probably the best tip I can give for people in the morning that they actually can do every day. Like three to five slow deep breaths down into the belly and slow your exhale as well. And that will really help. And it's an easy one to keep going with because you'll notice the benefits straight away. So you don't have to wait for the reward it works straight away. And then you're more motivated to do it again the next day. And also it doesn't take a lot of time. So it's easy to build that habit up. Okay, let me do my 60 seconds of breathing. Then I'll get up and I'll have my reward or my coffee or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I think it's a really good challenge. So if you're listening to this and you want to do a challenge, try do a seven day challenge where before you get out of bed, you do sixty seconds of deep, intentional breaths into your belly and yep. release. And that yeah, other yeah. one you just showed us the the fast one through the, the nose. Off. Yeah, that's the energy breathing. Yeah, that's so. When we
1: want to wake up, we actually want to trigger fight or flight mode because that's where the adrenaline um, comes from. And um, so when we get let's say in, in, when we're in danger and fight or flight mode comes on, we will have a huge burst of energy. We will have blood rushing to our vital organs because we're going to need to run when we're in an actual dangerous situation or when there's a real threat. And your brain doesn't know whether there is a, you know, dark alley with someone at the end of it, or a dog down a dark alley, or whether you actually just want to wake up in the morning, your brain doesn't, doesn't know you're just using your breath to stimulate and activate that sympathetic nervous system on purpose so because we're breathing a little bit quicker and we're doing like I just said when you want to kind of slow down you do slower deeper breaths Mm. when you want to wake up you do faster ones Yeah, because that's associated or connected to sympathetic state. So you're waking your body up, you're energizing the body, you are sending, um, you're sending heat around the body. The blood flow is increased exactly as if you were in a stressful situation in real life. And that's why I say if you are pregnant or if you have anxiety, that that wouldn't be the best one to do. You're better off just focusing on the slower breaths, because if you've got anxiety, Um, you know, it it would need to be pretty bad. But if you've got anxiety and you go to trigger or activate the sympathetic nervous system, that's not going to be good for your anxiety. So this is a really important part of breath work. No matter what breath you are using, you need to know what it does Mm. so that you're informed before you go to do that breath. And this gets me really angry sometimes as well when I see people doing lots of breath work stuff. And I'm listening and I'm like, there's no... um, safety there there's been no explanation you know there was no asking is anyone pregnant here do they have um, anxiety do they have any psychiatric conditions like the breath is so powerful that you could trigger someone that has PTSD to have Mm -hmm. um like a re-traumatization if if you're not informed and you don't know what that breath does so that would be you know if you're doing that deep deep breath work that that we did together um but you've got to understand okay what sort of breathing am i doing and why mm-hmm. what is your what goal what's your outcome do you want to wake up do you want to slow down is this breath safe for me and what what is it doing is it activating parasympathetic rest or digest mode is it activating sympathetic mode because if you did that fire breath or breath of fire you know energizing breath before bed You're not going to be able to switch off and lie down. Mm. And the same way, if you're really tired in the morning and you go to do nice, slow, deep breaths, you're not going to be able to wake up. So you've got to understand what the breath is doing because it is actually so powerful. And once you understand, this is how I'm feeling today, this is what I would like to, what state I'd like to be in today, and this is the breath that I use for that, then you have access to such a powerful tool that you can do yourself starting off, Um, you know, in the
2: morning for, for that one minute or whatever. I love that. So basically what Becca is saying is choose your goal and then match your breath up accordingly. So what you're saying is if you are wanting to relax or if you're someone who has high anxiety, slow, deep yeah. breaths. Whereas right. if you want to wake up, if you want energy, it's quick rapid breaths more sort of out the nose and this reminds me of tony robbins when we used to do his workshops and stuff he would always get us to do these really fast exhales and do our hands like this like
1: whoosh. yeah 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 is that that's like energy building it up yeah energy and you're getting blood flow going that way as well mm-hmm. um so it's breath and movement and because it's quick breathing that would be okay let's wake up and also concentration and focus you're sending blood flow to the brain as well so a lot of time people think of breath work for energy or for let's say growth or personal development but you know when you're when you're using the breath it can influence our cognitive function hugely as well anything like um yeah because if you think about it if you're breathing bringing more oxygen in if you're doing slower, deeper breaths, or if you're breathing quickly and you're increasing blood flow with a sympathetic activation, either of those is delivering blood and oxygen to your brain. So you've got to think like it goes all around the body, not just, you know, it goes to your brain as well. So if you want to um, focus or you get distracted easily, or you've got a bit of brain frog, um, breathing is massive for for helping with that. Clarity exactly. and focus
2: I'm thinking a d h d people who struggle with focus concentration
1: hundred yeah. percent over-
2: yeah, yeah, box breathing
1: would be good for that, or to be honest, anyone with a d h d that that can focus on a breath, especially with maybe some counting yes. would be really good because then it's okay it's like okay, one, two, three, four, holding two, three for and even if your attention did go away for a minute especially with some holding Mm -hmm. it's hard to get distracted from something when you're holding your breath because there's a physiological yes um, um, variable as well so if you were just counting and breathing in and out it would be easier to get distracted if you've got ADHD and you have to do let's say box breathing which is an inhale a hold an exhale and a hold then you're focusing on not only counting, but you also have to hold your breath twice in the one full breath. Mm. So it's a good
2: way to, to focus. I love that. I love that. And one thing you touched on earlier, which I'm really glad you did, because I asked you, I asked, how do people get accredited in this? Like, I would love to learn. We we do teach people how to do deep diaphragmatic breathing, and I've done my own training, but I'm thinking, why mm. do they make this part of... A psychologist's training, like to really get deep on this breath work. And like you said, people offer breath work, and I've done it in the past. I have no idea if the guy who took us through it was qualified, but Mm. how is there an accreditation, or when you see people doing it, like what should people look out for to know if it's a safe instructor or a safe class Mm. or a safe place and time to do breath work?
1: It can be very, it can be very, A very unsafe space, you know, like anything to do with breathing, mindset, you know, it's very, can be a very gray area. I think for me, because I had my nursing background, I would consider myself very safe. So I already have had, let's say, the knowledge on, okay, when we do hyperventilation or we do, we get into a respiratory, alkalosis sort of state I knew from nursing Mm. what that did to your body and your your brain but it's there's no certified that that I know of certified breathwork instructor that's on like you know like a board or something that would be recognized academically or I don't know I I don't know i think the main thing is if you're looking to do breathwork training is to really look into that person mm. and maybe their previous background and what they've done in the past and obviously of course um what sort of events they've done and what sort of testimonials or feedback they have maybe but it is it is a, oh, a kind of it. yeah it's <laughs> It's it is unsafe. And I I, I think that was one of the driving factors for me Mm. that I wanted to definitely be recognized as someone that is very safe with a health and nursing background. And I'm adding the heart rate monitors. You know, if anything ever happened in a breathwork session, I can see it on the iPad as I'm going through I'm thinking, okay, let me go over to that person. They could just be getting really emotional, you know, um, but at least I can see there. I or can see in people, people's movements, but with regards to getting qualified, I'll have to look it up and send you, you know, the, the recommended ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I was just curious
2: know, so yeah. people can look out for, but I think you sort of said if someone's curious, like do some research into the instructor, who they worked with, what's their background. Yeah, I do know the... I. My friend who's
1: in Sydney, she's just started a breathwork facilitator training course in Sydney. And we trained um, under Jamie Janko. We trained under the same person. So I do know that she would be um, a good one. Um, but and I think you you would need to be in per, like in person to be able to practice
2: this, you know. Can you do um, breathwork sessions or do you ever run masterclasses or?
1: Yeah, I've done. I do so like I said at the start um, a lot of my audience would be Irish Mm -hmm. but then I had interest from you guys and Australian you know people that are living abroad and they're looking for something so you can you can do breathwork online you can't bring them as deep as if it was in person just because you don't have the physical support um but I just do a little bit less time with the hyperventilation style breathwork. And you're watching everybody on screen. You have them set up um, lying across. So the laptop is facing. You can see them fully. You can see how they're breathing. You can see their face. So you can do it online. And I do one-to-one as well. Um, It is better in person, but online is better than nothing. Definitely. Um, at least just to learn. And like I said, if you felt a little bit, you know, that you didn't, you didn't want to go fully in, you can just um do the more relaxing type of breath in that session. Because that reminder is always there, okay, you don't, you know, if you want to do it less intense, just do this breath, and you don't have to go as deep. Um, and once you do it once, then you're like, okay, I want to do more, I want to, get to that next. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Have you ever noticed anything weird on the iPads or anyone's heart rate during a class?
1: Um, the lowest heart rate I saw was one of my friends, actually. He was a guy. His mom is a kinesiologist, so he's very self-aware, very good at regulating his nervous system. And his was down at like 34. Where, so, what is a normal heart rate? Like, what? Uh, usually at rest. Well, usually at rest. Let's say when we wake up in the morning. Usually, it's sixty to seventy. Um, some people have a lower heart rate naturally. Some people have a higher heart rate naturally. But sixty to mm-hmm. seventy is normal. If you're super fit and you exercise a lot, sometimes like forty to fifty. Definitely yoga instructors and things like that. Or if you do a lot of yoga, forty to fifty might be normal. But what you would see in the breath work is that it goes lower than your normal resting heart rate whatever that may be so if so you're using the breath to influence your nervous system and that is shown in your heart rate so it'll go high if you're feeling emotional if you're crying if you're laughing um initially in the hyperventilation style breath work because of how you're breathing you're breathing quicker than normal which is a trigger for your your fight or flight mode and that one of those things is an increased heart rate. So at the initial stages of the breathwork session, there's a higher heart rate because of faster breathing or being in an emotional state. And then by the end of it, it's lower and much lower than your normal resting heart rate. And that's how I also monitor who needs a bit more guidance, who needs to go a bit deeper. If their heart rate is kind of only a little bit less than when they came in, then i know okay i need to go over i need to help this person breathe a little bit deeper so that they can push themselves into um so that they can change their state basically so the heart rate monitor's help but you also have to be watching for people's physical reactions as well like you you don't really know there could be arms all over the place there could be sounds people like ah oh, like shouting yeah. um i think Yeah, the lowest heart rate I saw was 34, but like he was perfectly fine. I was watching him. And then one girl, one of my clients actually that I did breath work with at home a few months ago, she was just profusely sweating, like really lots of sweating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then sometimes people can go really cold. So Mm -hmm. honestly, like what the power of the breath on your, your body is insane. And then obviously people have their, um, psychological, um, reactions as well, which might be yes. memories, colors, people that have died that might come back to them in their, in their, in their journey, or they might see things in the future. Like they might see, you know, a career or a partner. It's honestly nuts.
2: <laughs> That's what I felt. I felt like it was this really fast, Do you know, people like my life flashed before my eyes. Yeah. I felt that, but it was like a flash telling me the right path on anything. the right path. Yeah. It felt really good. It felt really inspiring and motivating and a really positive experience for me. Everyone's experience is is so different. Now, Becca, you are coming to, I believe, Melbourne and other parts. Tell us, where are you going to be and is this (laughs) for people to attend? Yeah, of course.
1: So I'm doing Melbourne first. I'm doing three events in Melbourne in October, uh, 21st and 22nd. So two of those events are going to be breathwork on the beach and ice baths. So that will be like I described the morning energizing breathwork, not super deep. And, um, you know, we can take more people. We'll just be sitting on the beach doing different breathing techniques to wake up in the morning, kind of sunrise type of vibe. Then we do ice baths and then we do a sea C-dip. And that's all with the heart rate monitors as well. I'm doing one deeper breathwork session that weekend as well in a studio and then I'm going to Sydney after that. So we are going to Bondi or Coogee. I can't remember exactly which one, but I've got friends there that do ice baths there. They're called Somatic Ice. And I've got a friend that does breathwork there, the girl I was saying that does the facilitator training. So we're kind of collaborating. Uh, the events that I'm doing, I'm collaborating with other people that do ice bath and breathwork stuff there. So that will be... Um, the 29th of October in Sydney. That'll be a bit bigger, that one. That'll be about 50 people. And the Melbourne ones will be about 20. So I just want to bring it over and I know people are interested in it and I'm just like, I just need to spread the word. I know people will be interested in it and it'll be a bit of fun and a chance to just, I guess, bring it to another country because I brought it to Ireland in, Well, actually, this whole thing started in Ireland in November. I did a trial thing, then moved back to Bali, started out here and went back to Ireland in June, did loads of breathwork events. All of them were sold out, which was for me, I was like, oh, this is is cool. Yeah. And then again, Australia in October. And I'm hoping that, you know, it'll be a hit in Oz so that I can go over a couple of times next year, because it's just I have a lot of friends in Sydney. I know there's a big wellness, you know demand there and I think if I could go over a couple of times a year and do this it would just be the perfect um I guess lifestyle for me like you were saying you know it might be nice to kind of have a little bit of time in Bali a little bit of time in Oz and I don't know then I'll figure out what I'm doing with this business. Am I going to travel with it? Am I going to be based in Bali all the time?
2: Yeah. I'm figuring things out at the moment, but I'm having a really good time doing that. So love that. And we never know. We never know where we're going to end up, what we're going to end up doing. So exactly. if you were keen on this, everyone who's listening, follow Becca, go see where she's going to be. Do one of her classes. They are amazing. So okay. Becca, this has been such a great chat. I've absolutely yeah, loved brilliant. it. Where can people find you on social media if they want to learn more about what you do?
1: Um, Well, my personal Instagram is Becca Gillen and then all of the BPM Method stuff is at bpm.method. So both of them are hooked up to each other. You'll be able to find me on both. Um, And that's the best place just to go on the Instagram there's a link tree there I'll post about upcoming events whether online in person Oz, Ireland wherever it is <laughs> um, and if anyone has any questions they can just DM me or send me an email both of my emails are on my my page there as well in the bio you'll be able to find them so yeah I'm looking forward to um bringing this to Oz and meet more Aussies.
2: <laughs> yes. And you have to come to the Gold Coast as well. It's, I will. Okay. I'll put, it, I'll put it on the map. Put it <laughs> on on the the map. And I'll link uh, Becca's details below. So make sure you go check her out and all the events that are coming up. But thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. You. And thank you for all the amazing breathwork you do and the light you shed on this. It's just incredible. Thank you. I
1: really appreciate it. And I've enjoyed this little chat so much. Me too. Thanks, Becca. Thank you.